So today, the last day of 2023, and normally this is a time of year when people look back at the memories of the year behind. Sometimes we look back at the fond memories, which is a good thing, but some people get stuck in the past and think, you know what, I wish it was like it was back then. I don't know if you heard this, but it's Say not, why were the former days better than these? For it is not from wisdom that you ask this. You know, sometimes we look back and say, glad that year is over. Sometimes we look back and say, I wish it was like that year. And then sometimes we look back and say, I'm glad that year is over. It's time for a new start. So what do we do? We make New Year's resolutions, right, in hopes that we can change the things that we don't like or the things that need to be changed in our lives. So as it is every year, I don't know if you realize this, but studies show that the average person sticks with their New Year's resolution. Anybody know? Three weeks, okay? Three weeks. So then after the three weeks, people kind of slip back into their old patterns and behaviors. So how do we keep up with positive, healthy changes that need to change in our life? Well, I believe that everything in our lives has a spiritual connection. I believe that everything in our lives has a spiritual connection, and the real starting point is our relationship with God. The real starting point is our relationship with God, and the way that we enter into a relationship with God is actually seeing what God has done on our behalf. You know, we just celebrated Christmas, Jesus coming to this earth. Well, the purpose of Jesus coming to this earth was to save us from our sins. We're all sinners in need of a Savior. Jesus is that Savior, and he died on the cross to pay the price for our sins. The scriptures are very clear when it says that Jesus died on the cross to pay the price for our sins, and all who believe that Jesus did that will have eternal life. Jesus died, rose again to prove that he could actually die and conquer our sins, and he rose from the grave to prove that he is God. So in order to have a relationship with God, you need to trust in Jesus Christ, what he's done for you. That's the starting point. So when we trust in Jesus, the scriptures teach us that we are a new creation. Look at what 2 Corinthians says. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So now when we evaluate our lives and look at the behaviors or habits that are not helpful for us, or part of that old, sinful, and broken person we once were before we trusted in Jesus, the goal is to replace those old habits that we had, or maybe still have, and replace them with our new life in Christ. So the idea behind this three-week series that we're going to do, is, it's called New, is this. We're dealing with the things that are standing in the way of us walking in our new life with Christ. We're dealing with the things that are going to stand in our way or are currently standing in the way of our new life with Christ. So I narrowed it down to three topics, and it's based, upon, based on Ephesians 4, 17 through 24. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to read the entire text, and then we're going to kind of visit little areas of this text over the next few weeks. So let's look at the text. And it says this. It was actually our scripture reading this morning. It says this. Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do, that's the unbelievers do, in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, 
alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. Then it goes on to say, they have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learned, learned Christ, assuming that you've heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. Then he goes on to say, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So the first thing I want to look at that stands in our way of walking in our new life with Christ is the, the topic of laziness. Now, the end of this passage from Ephesians says, to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So put on is actually an action word. It's an action word, and many times we're too lazy to do this. But this passage says that this is what we were created to do. Okay, so our life in Christ should be a life of action, not a life of laziness. Now, I know for some of you, you're like, I'm not lazy. And you're just going to spend this whole sermon saying, that's true, that's true, that's true. <laughs> and some of you are lazy, so you're going to spend this whole sermon being like, ah, ah, feeling beat up, right? So my goal is to help you to not be lazy. So we see something in our life that's not helpful. It may hurt us or it might hurt the people around us. It's unhealthy. It's a waste of time. But here's what happens. We're too lazy to do anything about it. So New Year's come and New Year's go, days, months, weeks, years come and go. And we have these habits that are displeasing to God, unhelpful, wasteful, whatever they are. And we just are too lazy to actually act. And we do nothing to change it. We do nothing to walk in our new life with Christ. So maybe you have even admitted that you're lazy. Maybe you've admitted, oh, I'm too lazy to do that. Every year comes around, people say, oh, like make a New Year's resolution. And you've just given up. Like you've just like, I'm too lazy. I'll never do it. Yeah. You know, the pastor just said only three weeks. So why am I going to waste three weeks? Okay. <laughs> so here's what happens. What I want to do is I want to appeal to you and show you what the scriptures say about the results of laziness. So the first re result of being lazy is that you will constantly be in need. You will constantly be in need. Proverbs 19.15 says, Slothfulness casts into a deep sleep, and an idle person will suffer hunger. Now some people, maybe you, Go through life, and because you're lazy, you will always suffer. Maybe you are not physically hungry because we live in a great country where, you know, you could pretty much always be fed, but you're starved of enjoyment in life because you have the stress of need. You never have enough, and this is not the unsatisfied person that always wants more. This is the person that always comes up short. You're just lazy, and you always come up short. So maybe the main reason is, is laziness and there's no hustle because there's no hustle. You're looking for handouts. 
You're looking to blame someone else for what they won't give you. In 2 Thessalonians, there's this really interesting passage that Paul, he's actually rebuking the people that are idle. He's rebuking the idle, lazy people and instructing the believers to actually stay away from them because their idle behavior will negatively affect them. So they're saying, you know those lazy people? Kind of steer clear of them because their negative behavior, it, it, it might rub off on you, but here's what it's also going to do. It's going to deplete any resources that you have to actually do good. So Paul goes on to say, and he's talking about people that can work and are lazy. He goes on to say, they need to realize their need. And here's what he says. This is a crazy passage. For even when we were with you, we would give you this command. If anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. That's pretty rough, isn't it? So basically, he's saying this. You know, I think we can all understand this. There are some people that will not work. And Paul is saying they need to realize their need. They need to realize they are mooching off of all of you. And they can actually physically work and do what they need to do. So they need to realize, they need to wake up. And the best way to wake somebody up is actually make them realize what their need is. So that person would go hungry, basically, unless they got up and worked for it. So when we're lazy, a result will eventually show itself as a need. We have a need, and it's not being met. So eventually we get up and say, hey, you know what? I think I need to start doing something. The next result of laziness is this. It's neglect responsibilities. Ecclesiastes 10, 18 says, through sloth, the roof sinks in. And through indolence, the house leaks. I love the word indolence here. The word indolence means this, avoidance of activity or exertion avoidance of acting. You know people like that. You're like, mm, that looks hard. I'm not doing that. So when you're lazy, here's what happens. Things fall apart due to lack of attention and maintenance. Okay? Some of you wives are already elbowing your husband. Okay, I've told you about that thing in the house to get it done. Right. So here's what happens. When we're lazy, things start to fall apart because of lack of attention, lack of maintenance. We have financial issues due to laziness because maybe we're lazy and we don't pay our bills or we pay those bills late. We have relational issues because we're too lazy to work on those relationships. We have health issues maybe because we're simply too lazy to go to the doctor. We may struggle with weight issues because we're too lazy to make nutritious meals or go to the gym and work out. We may have spiritual issues because we're too lazy to get into spiritual disciplines of prayer, devotions, fellowship, service. Hey, tomorrow is January 1st, right? Anybody doing Bible through a year? If you take out your, um, your YouVersion Bible app, there are plans and plans. They'll even advertise those plans on things that you can do to read the Bible or listen to the Bible through a year. If you go to our resource link on our, on our church website or the app, you can find information there as well. But you won't do it if you're too lazy. Listen, we all have responsibilities, and a sign of maturity is actually taking care of those responsibilities. Whatever you're neglecting will fall apart. 
whether it's a relational, financial, spiritual, whatever it is, if you're going to neglect it, if you're going to forget about it, if you're going to put it to the side or if you're going to be too lazy, it will not fix itself. The next result of laziness is this, no progress. Whoever is slothful will not roast his game, but the diligent man will get precious wealth. Now, there's nothing like hard work to make progress. If you want to run a marathon and you only watch documentaries on what running a marathon is like, do you think that you're going to finish the race? You have to train, right? You have to work hard to actually run the marathon. If you're lazy, you will not progress. The next result of laziness, we got seven of them, so I'm moving kind of quick. Because <laughs> then we got another part. Um, the next result of laziness is this, forced labor. The hand of the diligent will rule, while the slothful will be put to forced labor. Now, this is a kind of weird one, but the hard workers will progress, and they'll, they'll, they'll be the ones who are in charge. The lazy people, they're the ones that need to be told what to do. Why? Because nobody puts a lazy person in charge. Hey? <laughs> nobody puts a lazy person in charge because they don't care. They're lazy. They're not going to take care of things. So if you're the lazy person, you actually become kind of the grunt worker. Someone, the supervisor or the manager, has to come and tell what to do all the time. You can easily be replaced because you're not doing much anyway. In fact, you're probably causing more work for the person that's in charge of you. So if you decide to leave, they're like, good, <laughs> right? Which brings us to the next result of laziness, and that is a bad reputation. One of the Cretans, a prophet of their own, said, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, and lazy gluttons. The natives of the island of Crete had a reputation. Sounds like they had island fever, right? They were listening to little Jimmy Buffett hanging out at the bar too long. So here's the thing. Your reputation will follow you no matter what. Your, your reputation will follow you. So these Cretans, you know, and I'm not going to get into them, but basically their reputation was they were lazy gluttons. Sadly, you'll get a bad reputation when you're lazy. You know, remember back in school when you had a group project? Remember that? They'd be like, okay, group project. And you would pray. If the teacher made the group, you'd pray, don't give me that lazy kid, right? Because you're hoping that everybody's going to work together, right? And, and you know that lazy kid's just going to ride on the coattails of the rest of the group. Well, some of you realize that lazy kid grew up, and now you work with that lazy kid. And, that, and you wind up pulling their weight doing all the tasks that they should be doing because things need to get done. Do you realize this? If you are that lazy person, here's what happens. You will become the person that everyone is annoyed by because your laziness creates more work for them. You might be likable, you might be charming, you might be the life of the party, but eventually your reputation of laziness will cancel all that out because you're causing issues for other people. Now, not only will you have a bad reputation, here's what's going to happen next. You're going to lack purpose. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in the spirit. Serve the Lord. Zeal is energy or enthusiasm. Lazy people normally don't have that. 
And Paul says, be fervent or passionate in the Spirit and serve the Lord. Sometimes as believers, we kind of lose our passion to live for the purposes that God has called us to live by. And not only that, we, we, do, we start to maybe even do the job kind of badly. Like we, we don't take it seriously. There's no passion. Well, we're not called to be lazy people. We're called to be passionate, full of zeal, people to live with a purpose of serving the Lord. People that lack passion, in, in my opinion, and you might agree, people that lack passion are kind of boring to be around. They're just boring to be around. And if you're that person that lacks passion and has become lazy, you also have a hard time living for the purposes that God has called you to. Which brings us to the final result of laziness, and that is this. We displease God. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Now, I'm not going to get into this parable, but this is a parable of Jesus. And the basic teaching in the parable is that God gives each of us gifts to serve him. And when we neglect the use of those gifts or we're lazy with those gifts, he is displeased with us. So if you have a gift to serve the Lord and you just decide, I don't feel like doing that anymore, God is not pleased with that. He's actually displeased with the way that we're acting. He's, he's displeased with the fact that we're putting those gifts aside and not using those things. Do you realize this? When you don't use the gifts that God has given you to serve him, you actually impact all of us because the church is the body of believers to work together for the common purpose. It's the church isn't Pastor Mike and the leadership. It's the church is the body of believers to work together. And when you're lazy and drop the ball, guess what happens? We all suffer. That's what the scriptures tell us. Now, knowing all these results of laziness, I hope your desire is to not be lazy in 2024. And I know that, you know, just 15 minutes of a shot in the arm is probably not going to change you, okay? This has to be something between you and the Lord. But if you have some resolutions or goals in 2024, I hope you now realize that the laziness that you've been living in hasn't been serving you well. Something needs to change. So I can't preach why, I just can't preach why you shouldn't be lazy. I need, you to, I need to show you how to take action. How to take action and not be lazy. So what do we do? The simple answer is this. We need to take action. Ephesians 4.24, back to our you know, passage that we kind of made this whole series on. It says, and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. I want to look at three benefits we're going to have or we're going to experience when we actually take action, when we walk in our new life in Christ. I, if you're a believer in Christ, I am so thankful that you are a believer. But if you are a believer in Christ that's not actively trying to put on, you're, you're just going to be a stagnant Christian. You're just going to be a Christian that just kind of goes through life that people are like, oh, you're a Christian? You're like, yeah, yeah, I'm a Christian. What do you do about it? Yeah, nothing. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm going to heaven someday. It's going to be great, you know. Well, here's the thing. We need to be Christians of action. 
And Christians of action are the ones that please God. Christians of action are the ones that make those changes in their lives that need to be changed. So the first benefit is this. We're going to learn reliance on God. Galatians 2.20 says this. I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, what this passage tells us is this. God is reliable. He displays that by loving us and giving himself for us. So when you're thinking of your life and you think of what Christ has done, you know that God will never let you down because he was willing to lay down his life for you. Now we have the power through the Holy Spirit to live our new life in Christ. When you become a believer in Christ, you receive the Holy Spirit. So now you have this power in you, God's power in you, to live the new life in Christ. And a big part of doing that is putting to death the old, lazy, unhelpful habits. So as I said in the beginning of the sermon, I believe that everything has a spiritual connection. So when we focus on God to help us change a habit, or a way of living that's not helpful for us, a way that's going to make us more like him, like this passage says, we need to realize we can't do it on our own. We need to rely on him. Because guess what? The reason why everybody quits after three weeks is they're like, it's hard. I don't feel like doing this. I don't want to do this anymore. In my own strength, I can't do this. And like I said, if, if we're seeing that everything has a spiritual connection, that means that for no matter what your resolution is this year or your goal is this year, you need to rely on Christ. This is where Christians make the big mistake. They think they could do it on their own. We can't. We need help from the Lord. Second Timothy says this. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. So God gives us a spirit of power, love, and self-control to do those things. So maybe this year you want to get into the Word and you want to pray. Well, guess what? God will help you if you ask Him. Maybe you're dealing with a difficult relationship and you say, this year I want to make that relationship better. Well, guess what? You need to rely on God. He's there to help you. Maybe you're struggling financially and you're trying to figure out your finances for this next year. Well, guess what? God will help you. Don't leave him out of the equation. Maybe you're dealing with a health issue and you don't know what the next step is. Well, guess what? God will help you. Maybe you want to get in shape. Maybe you're like, oh, you know what? I really, I, I, you know, I don't feel good about myself. I want to get in shape. Well, guess what? Don't leave God out of the equation. He's going to help you. Maybe you want to be a better spouse. Well, guess what? God will help you. Maybe you want to be a better parent. Guess what? Go to God. He's going to be the one to help you. Maybe you lack passion to live with purpose. Well, guess what? God will help you. You get the picture here? Okay, we rely on God to help us. So many people compartmentalize their faith and they say, okay, faith is like church and the spiritual things and stuff like that. But now over here, I got to do this. I got to be a, a better worker or, you know, I want to get in shape or my finances are. And, and you leave God out. You don't even pray about it. You don't even think about it. Well, guess what? When we take action to live in that newness of Christ, it teaches us 
you have to rely on me. Your whole life, you will need to rely on God. Whatever it is, you can rely on him. The next benefit of taking action is we gain wisdom. Colossians 3.10 says, And have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. You know, when we put on or take action, we have renewed knowledge. Do you realize that sometimes laziness breeds ignorance? When we're lazy, it, it makes us ignorant because we're not searching. We're not trying to learn, right? Something I learned in life is this. Before I start something, I need to educate myself about it. Before I start something, I need to educate myself about it. Why? Because if I'm ignorant of something, I can only blame my own laziness. I, can, I mean, other people, you know, we blame other people. You didn't tell me this. You didn't tell me that. Well, listen, if you don't educate yourself, you can only blame your own laziness. For example, maybe you're doing a home project, okay? You can tackle that home project or you can figure out, you can do some research. I mean, we live in this research generation, right? We can go and we can find YouTube videos to help us out and stuff. And realistically, if you sit down for maybe an hour before an hour task, you, yeah, you use two hours but you're educated to get into that task rather than saying, ah, oh, I made this mistake. Ah, oh, I got to make another trip to Home Depot. Ah, oh, like, I mean, that, that's what winds up happening if you don't educate yourself. Vacation. Some of you guys like to go on vacation. Well, read the reviews, do all the research so you gain knowledge about that vacation. And then when you go on the vacation, you're like, oh, I didn't miss out on this. You ever go on a vacation, then you come back and somebody said, oh, did you see that? there and you're like no they're like that was the best part of the whole thing and you're like duh i didn't think of it nobody told me that's what we say right a workout plan you might say okay i'm gonna get myself in shape and you know if you go to the gym you'll, you'll see you'll see people getting in shape in the first two weeks of the year right they don't know what they're doing they're throwing weights around like crazy you know they they don't research it bible teaching for instance I teach the Bible, right? Do you think I just come up with this stuff like, oh, what am I going to say this morning? Uh, let me see. Okay, this sounds good. No, I research all week and study all week to be prepared. Parenting. None of us come out as a good parent. Do you realize that? I know that all of you that are a little older remember that age when you're like, my parents don't know everything. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> you know, here's the thing. We don't. We have to educate ourselves about how to be a good parent. Marriage. Here's a big one, right? You get a license to get married, right? But nobody puts you through school to be a good spouse. Well, guess what? You have to learn about those things. Whatever it is, your hobby, whatever it is, we gain wisdom when we spend time educating ourselves. So we educate ourselves in order to gain that wisdom so we don't waste the time. If we're lazy and don't do our research, here's what happens. We end up being ignorant. We miss out on things. We miss out on maybe fun experiences. We miss out on something that needs to be done. Or we wind up doing things the wrong way. We never want to look back and say, I wish I had known that. I wish I had known that. 
So one of the benefits of being a person of action is you, you'll gain wisdom. Now the final benefit, very short one here is this, satisfaction. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Hunger and thirst, they're desires. When you have a desire, what do you try to do? You try to get that desire met. You know, the desire encourages you to act. If you lay on the couch and say, I'm hungry, and there's nobody around to bring you food, eventually you're like, I think I'm going to act. I'm going to go get something to eat. So what Jesus is saying here is, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. He's saying, if you're acting towards, if those desires that you have to be righteous and to do the things that God desires you to do, basically what happens is you'll go after those desires and you're going to be satisfied. You know, God created us to want to do good. Some of you, you do something good, you know, maybe you'll, you'll come and you'll serve somewhere and you'll be like, you know what? I thought that was going to be really hard. And maybe some parts of it were, but I really feel good about what I just did. The truth is God wants us to be satisfied. He knows that we will not be satisfied when we're lazy because we're doing the wrong thing. So now think about what you want to change this coming year. Think about what you want to change this coming year. Why do you want to change it? Because you're not satisfied. That's why. You woke up maybe a couple days ago and you're like, okay, people are talking about re resolutions on TV and this and that. And there's probably some area in your life where you're not satisfied and you're like, enough is enough. 2024 is going to be that year for me that I'm going to change this, that, or the other thing. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. You weren't satisfied, so you decided to change it. So in 2024, our goal should be walk in our new life with Christ by not being lazy, but being a person who takes action. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for this day. We're thankful, Lord, that you have given us this new life to grab hold of. I pray, Lord, for each one of us, I pray that we are not lazy, that we look at our lives and say, I need to take action and follow after you. I pray, Lord, for each person here, whatever their goals are this coming year, great or small, I pray that they would rely on you, that they would gain your wisdom on how to do those things. And their dissatisfaction with that area of life would bring them to a place where they want to be satisfied by you. So I'm thankful again for this day. I just pray as we close out this old year that 2024 would be the year that we make the decisions in view of you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.